Hi, I'm Laura Flanders of The Laura Flanders Show. Watch every week on Free Speech TV, Link TV, YouTube, or if you're in New York, CUNY TV. Prefer to listen? Subscribe to the free podcast at lauraflanders.org. I end every week with a commentary. I call it the F word. Here's this week's. If you're like me, you're glad the midterm elections are over. As my 12-year-old nephew in England wrote afterwards, overall the results were quite good for the Democrats. Stanley is spot on as usual. Quite good for the Democrats is exactly what the midterms were. As I wrote to him, that leaves the bigger picture, the part that has to do with we the people, our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Take just one example. In the lead-up to the elections, the LF show spoke with Michelle Cook, a Native American organizer involved in the pipeline standoff at the Standing Rock Reservation. Like others in North Dakota, she was worried that a new voter ID law would suppress Native American turnout because it required up-to-date ID cards with street addresses, And lots of people who live on reservations use P.O. boxes and don't have money or the means to get new IDs. Hey, presto, kicking into action came a world of good nonprofits, lawyers, and advocates, all determined to help Native Americans vote, and vote they did, in unprecedented numbers. On the Standing Rock Reservation, activists remapped the streets, waived the $5 fee for new IDs, and kept the tribe's one ID machine cranking. Come the day, all across Native country turnout shot up, and cherry on the cake in North Dakota, in GOP-leaning Fargo, the man who had sponsored the Vote Suppression Act was defeated by a Native woman, a Democrat. So that's quite good. But step back a bit, and that voter ID law is still in place. The new IDs will last four years, but that $5 fee is still out of reach for most Native Americans. Next time around, will we see the same cash flow to activists, the same energy knocking doors, getting people on the rolls and to the polls to vote? We could start fundraising now, or we could do something more structural, like develop the local economy in Indian country in ways that improve lives, liberties, and self-determination power for Native American voters. That's what it's really going to take to push back the polluters and build democracy. Beyond gaming and drilling, Native communities have all sorts of peer-to-peer business experience and more than your average survival expertise. As Edgar Villanueva, author of the book Decolonizing Wealth, said on our program this year, building a so-called new economy in, for, and by Native Americans is in many ways no different from drawing on their indigenous ways. To get beyond quite good to community health and wealth in Native country will require election-level attention, but not just in election week. Luckily enough, the roadmap is there, and a wide cohort of Native groups have been working on putting it into action. You can read the results of their five-year collaboration in a new report, a Lakota translation. It's just out from the Democracy Collaborative, and I'm about to send it to Stanley. You can write to me, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at lauraflanders.org. And sign up for our e-newsletter at lauraflanders.org. Keep listening. 